on custom car care. All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Miss Sarah, how's the world treating you? It's good. Hey, I just want to give you a shout out. You know, Santa's Angels is officially over, but I want to thank A1 Custom for once again stepping up and helping us out with our tree locations. Without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this. So I, I thank you and I thank all of our tree locations and, of course, all of the listeners that mm-hmm. helped We've been able to provide 81 foster That's children so awesome. with Christmas. So, Absolutely. Uh, it makes my heart very yeah. warm as we move into the holiday season. And uh, if you were one of those who helped us provide Christmas, thank you. Mm-hmm. It is a very rewarding thing. And just want to say thank you. Absolutely. Uh, and so who all participated in the... Uh, it was Santa's Angels program. Yes. So it was, of course, you guys. And then we had Anchor Tactical Supply I off love of those Campbell. Guys. Yes. It's one of my favorite places to go in Springfield. You know, every time <clears throat> we set up the Santa's Angels trees, I always set theirs up last because <laughs> I like to do a little shopping, uh-huh. both for myself and for Ryan. Absolutely. So it's a little guilty pleasure. But then we also had Crown Power and Equipment off of East Chestnut Expressway. I need to go visit those Yes, folks. they would be your type of people. Yeah. And then uh, finally, we had Green County Freight and Food Sales off of Kearney. So, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you ever go in there and stock up on things? You know, I occasionally will go in there mostly for uh, the weirdest stuff. Mm-hmm. They have like boxes of beef sticks ah. and I like the big like Slim Jims yeah. and I will go in there especially at Christmas time and uh-huh. I'll stock up on those and I always put those as stocking stuffers Great but I idea. also get their cheesecake too. Oh it's I think you told me about fantastic. that. Fantastic. So I go in there and stock up because you know if you need one you need a case in mm-hmm. my opinion so I like to have some reserve and they're the one of my favorite places to go for that. A, I haven't uh, looked at the beef sticks, evidently, and the cheesecakes, so that's on my list. Yeah, you should. Definitely. And if you drink coffee, especially in the little uh, the little pod things, mm-hmm. they have those at a really great deal as well. Ah, some wonderful places. Sounds like a great group of businesses. Yeah, I they are wonderful. So, what has been going on around the shop? So, I had a phone call uh, from a gentleman who's a listener, great guy. Uh, he's a CB guy, so him and I got along oh, well. Oh, very nice. But he wanted to know where my counterpart was. He he thought you would be there at the shop hanging out with us. And <laughs> I, I said, no, she's got plenty of radio stuff to do. So him and I had a great talk about maintenance. And so I guess that was something I wanted to share. A, it's always like the people that listen to KSGF are just, and, I, and I'm not just saying this because, you know, I've spent so much time around the radio, but just in my experience, they're just a cut above everybody else. And I, maybe I shouldn't say that, but it's the truth, so I'm going to say it anyway. It was awesome to have a discussion with somebody that, A, understands the value of a dollar, and they had just bought a late model. I believe it was a Kia or Hyundai. They're the same company. And he wanted to know what he should do and why, some of the chemicals we talk about. And he's like, I think Sarah bought you know something. I'm like, yeah. So we're a fan of those vehicles. He wanted to kind of... Maybe a little reassurance that he did a good job on his purchase. I told him that we looked at so many cars for you and Ryan. Mm -hmm. That was quite a process. Yes. But you stuck to your guns. Mm -hmm. I did tell him you caught a deer this year. So he was was like, oh, man. But it looks like you got all that fixed and you're back on the road. Yep. And now I got to get my cruise control fixed. Which we can help. We were kind of talking on off air. Um, you have an extended warranty on that, if I remember yes, right. Yes, and I know that we are not a fan of extended mm-hmm. warranties. So whenever I noticed my little cruise button not wanting to do the setting the cruise, yep. 
I felt a little bit of panic in my heart. <laughs> I thought, oh, gosh, no. So we were kind of batting that around. And your impression is you were going to have to kind of uh, fight with the warranty company. But typically our advisors will do that on your behalf. So um, if you're out there in, in radio land and you have an extended warranty and something goes on, most of the time the shop's going to be doing most of the communication back and forth and getting, you know, kind of the arbitration part of that worked out. So it shouldn't be a big deal. We do it all the time. Um, I do pick on extended warranties a lot because they frustrate me and they don't allow us to fix it to the standard that I believe that it should be. And, and what that standard is, is I want it as good, if not better, than the way it rolled off the, sh the assembly line, essentially. Um, and why do I say better? Because we've talked many times, there are inherent design flaws or part quality um, issues that come up after you purchase the car. And essentially, we are beta testing the vehicles for the manufacturer. So a lot of times... From the point that it was developed and made until it breaks, essentially, the aftermarket will come up with a improved design. And so whether we put it back to like it was to the OE standard, which is original equipment, or we get what's called a problem solver and, and basically update or solve whatever that design or manufacturing flaw is, that is the standard I feel it should be. Here's why I get sideways with... Uh, some of the extended warranties. A, they'll want to use used parts. Um, there are certain things that I'm okay with. You know, if you got a taillight and you want to put a used taillight in there, that's not really going to be a big deal. You want to do anything safety-related or, you know, uh, in vital engine or transmission-related? No, I'm not putting a used part on there. And I will basically dictate that to the extended warranty folks, as well as they will want to go with the cheapest aftermarket part as well. So I don't want to get a bunch of hate from, uh, you know, Dormand is a manufacturer that makes a lot of plastics. And your cars, everybody's cars are lots of plastic at this point. And they will want to spec out a Dormand part, which is a very cheap aftermarket part typically. And I have, I have tried more than I would ever like to admit. And the failure rate of that components is very, very high in my experience. So you have to be careful what you buy out there. Just because it's cheap, sometimes you get what you pay for. So beings, this is what we do for a living all day long, you know, 7.30 to 5.30, Monday through Friday. And then I spend a tremendous amount of time weekends and in the evenings continuing my education and training. I know from experience that I am not putting that part on your car. You think I'm being too harsh? No, think but I'm crazy? It, it does make me feel a lot better. So I have never used a warranty mm -hmm. before, and it, of course, came with my vehicle. Yep. And so I wasn't exactly sure how to use it, mm -hmm. but it did give me a lot of comfort as soon as like this wave of relief. Good. I don't know if you saw it on my face yeah. whenever you said, oh, you don't have to deal nope. with it. We'll fight for you. Yep. And that makes me feel a lot better because I am just... I don't want to fight with anybody about it. You know, I just want it fixed. It comes yes. with my car. It's supposed to be there for, uh -huh. you know, 140,000 miles. This is something that is in a wear and tear mm -hmm. item. I just want it fixed and I want it. I want to be able to use my cruise again. Yep. And, you know, a lot of folks, you know, it's that peace of mind. You know, life is so busy and so crazy for all of mm -hmm. us anymore. One more thing like that, that, especially you've never done before, you know, have to haggle it out with an extended warranty company. 
we do it all the time. And so I love the tenacity of our advisors because they feel just as passionately about fixing the car correctly as I do. And I've heard them on the phone telling those extended warranty companies, like, that's not acceptable. These folks are your customer. They're our customer as well. But they bought your product or were assigned or given or whatever it worked out when they bought the vehicle, your product. So you need to be a good steward of that. And who are you to tell me how to fix this car? You're not a technician. You're not a shop. You're nobody. You're trying to do it from the pocketbook. And that's where we get these big rubs sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no. Nope, not good enough. You had better step up to the bar because you are the, but there's so much fine print in there. Now, there are some good extended warranties out there. Um, What I need to probably do with your blessing is maybe get some of our advisors in on the show and have them talk specifically about they handle it more than I do. I do handle some, um, but uh, they do it on a daily basis versus I'm a lot of times in the service bay and taking care of it on the, you know, the the physical side of it. Um, But it definitely makes a difference knowing your coverage, reading the fine print, Having somebody to, you know, be your advocate, basically, because, you know, everybody thinks a new part is a new part. And I would love for that to be true. I really would. And not that they're not a new part, but they're not all created equal. So with today's vehicles, and I can give you some examples if I'm not boring you to death, Miss Sarah. Um, if you put a cheap window regulator, something as simple as what rolls the window up and down, the aftermarket, a lot of times the electronics are not compatible. So do you have the fancy uh, like push and hold and the window goes down by yes. itself? So I love that feature, by the way. I think that is brilliant because if I'm going to the ATM or I got to roll my window down for whatever, typically it's all the way down, you know. So bump, hit the button, it goes all the way down. I have seen them mandate or basically kind of dictate that you got to put this aftermarket cheap window regulator in there. It's only blah, 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 versus what we want, which is the good one. And that function no longer works on the aftermarket ones. Mm. So I go through all the process, pulling the panel, pulling the door, all the the shenanigans there, and I get it all together, and the window, it will roll up and down, but that function is gone. Because the aftermarket built off of price instead of quality. And that, if, if I'm getting, I guess, less tolerant of just my daily life, is the inferior and the accepted oh it's you know cheap so it's good and it is that that is not okay you get what you pay for sometimes you buy once you cry once and you go on about your day but we are going to step into a break sarah and i'll be back in a moment your complete car care solution a1 custom car care all right, good morning and welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin. We got a soapbox out early today on the extended warranty things. Uh, but you got some literature over there. I do. Well, first, I have a listener oh, question. Okay, what do we got? Mm-hmm. Any ideas about how to fix the 2012 through 2019 Ford F250 and F350 quote unquote death wobble? Uh-huh. Yes. So um, there are some questions I have immediately. First off, Sarah, are you familiar with what a death wobble is? You've never had the pleasure of experiencing that? No, but I think it sounds kind of bad. It is. (laughs) If you'll Google it out there, if you're in Radio Land, if you've ever experienced it, um, there are some videos out there of some GoPro stuff 
where they have strapped a camera underneath the front suspension of a truck and videoed it when it happens. And typically it happens at speed. It happens when you hit a bump of some kind and the front end goes into a violent shake rhythm that pretty much you almost have to come to a complete stop in order to get the suspension basically to calm down and allow you to drive again. So uh, our question is, and I actually have several questions, so I'm going to do my best to field this. This can happen on two-wheel drive vehicles. Most of the time on the Fords, they are a straight-axle four-wheel drive application. So I would need to know that information or something I would be interested in. And there are several things that can create the death wobble. There are a couple of different symptoms that I would also like to know whether you can drive out of it or if you have to come to a complete stop. Um, first off, my Jeep folks or my Dodge folks, you're very susceptible to this death wobble as well, but I have fixed, I can't tell you how many F-Series trucks over the years to rectify this death wobble issue. I've done quite a few on Dodges. Um, GM, Some you know, sometimes I throw some stones at GM from time to time, but they really typically don't have this issue. They went to an ind independent front suspension issue versus a straight axle. So very seldom do I see them on a General Motors product. So hopefully I've kind of covered the bases. But to get down to answering the question here, one, if the tires are real choppy and junk, you're going to have to get a set of tires on there. If the shocks and the steering stabilizer or the steering dampener, which is basically another shock that runs in parallel with the geometry of your steering, is bad, you need to get that taken care of. If the ball joints are loose, tie rod ends, any loose components in the front end need to be taken care of or checked and make sure they're in good shape. Here's where the experience kind of comes from and... That's kind of a blanket answer that if you do some Googling, that's typically what you'll find. Here's what I know specifically on the F-Series trucks. There is a lateral bar or a track bar, pan hard bar. It basically keeps the front end from moving left to right. It allows it to go up and down, but it doesn't, it, it keeps the front end from shaking left to right. What is overlooked a lot on those F-Series trucks is that there's actually an additional ball joint that is pressed into the front differential. It'll be on the passenger side. Um, on Dodges, they have a bushing setup that does the same thing, and that's where a lot of the death wobble comes on the Dodges. But on the F-Series trucks, most guys don't know to check that ball joint, or the other end is a bushing. You need to check that bar as well. Um, I've had many of them personally that I have fixed for customers, and I'm obviously a big Ford guy, so I've had a lot of them over the years. When that ball joint goes bad, sometimes you'll hit a bump and the death wobble will start, and then you'll be able to almost like drive through it, like it's a temporary uh, death wobbler, a violent shaking of the front end. And as that ball joint gets worse and then the panhard bar and the steering dampener and the shocks get bad, that's when you get a violent shake that you have to come to a stop. So depending on what, you know, death wobble you've got, I would definitely check the ball joint that is pressed into the front differential. It's on the front side of the diff on the passenger side. It's not, not out at the wheels. It's actually a little bit inboard. And then that bar that runs from that ball joint to the body, 
Now, if it's really bad and you've had it aligned while those parts are failed because there's a lot of front-end guys that overlook that as being a key component, if it gets bad enough and you get the front-end back where it's supposed to be, the steering wheel will be no longer straight. It'll be crooked, and you'll have to have the steer head or the alignment redone as well. So I know this is a little lengthy um, answer, but just to kind of recap, any loose front-end components need to be taken care of. Most technicians don't know to check that pan hard bar play and the ball joint play. And I'll check the ball joint typically with a pry bar, as well as the rest of the front end. I will unload the the ball joints out at the wheels, check those, of course. And then I will do a dry park test, which when you go to training, what that is, hopefully I can describe it for some folks. But it's very simple. You get somebody inside the vehicle to move the steering wheel back and forth, basically just rock the wheel back and forth. When I get resistance going left, I immediately go to the point of resistance going right and then back and forth. I basically want to find the tolerance or any loose components. So I'm not really getting on the wheel real hard. I'm just shaking it from left to right. And then either I get or I get a technician or somebody that knows what they're looking for down under the vehicle and look for any play in the steering linkage. So that should get you taken care of. So good tires, tight front end, and then go after that pan hard bar, track bar, lateral bar, and the ball joint to make sure it's in good shape. Because more often than not, those have been overlooked and nobody checked them. And that's where your death wobble is coming from. Now, they make some upgraded uh, steering dampeners that kind of basically cover up the death wobble issue. Um, If you go to a lifted truck with big tires and a big offset, that's harder on the front end, and you can create a death wobble. And then some steering upgrades will be needed to basically compensate for all of the additional geometry of the steering that was done. For my Dodge folks out there, they have some kits to stiffen up the uh, steering gear and some of the suspension components and put a beefier track bar, pan hard bar in there to help that as it gets wear and tear and mileage, etc. because the Dodge has done it as well. So anything straight axle out there, Sarah, that was a little windy of a answer. Did any of that make any sense over there? I have no idea what you're talking no. about. <laughs> but I did Google the death wobble. Yep. And you know, the very first thing that actually pops up on the old Google mm-hmm. is Terry Bryant, accident injury law. There's oh. actually a huge lawsuit over this. Aha, it yeah. makes sense because it has been a plagued problem for, I don't know, well over a decade at this point. It's really been a deal. And even some of the new trucks out there um, you know, off the showroom floor under warranty, I've seen them uh, be susceptible to some of the death wobble. Did you happen to run onto any of the videos and be able to look at any of that? So most of them are about nine minutes, uh-huh. but this is something that I read within that lawsuit. Mm-hmm. It says that some Ford repair shops have allegedly tried to blame truck owners mm-hmm. for the problems by yes. saying owners did not properly maintain their vehicles. And this is how Ford gets out of pain to oh. fix that defect. That that's not that's unacceptable. Those trucks are forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, 
And it has been a problem for a long time. Like I said, you know, I, I, uh, I throw some stones at GM once in a while, but they have not experienced near the issue like Ford and Dodge. Have they never made a recall for uh-uh. this? They haven't. Not that wow. I know of. And it, like I said, it has been something that I see not necessarily weekly, but very, very frequent at the shops, as well as I've owned trucks that have done this. And if you ever experience it, it's one of the craziest feelings like... The cab shakes, if you had a soda or a drink in a cup holder, it would be thrown violently on the floor. It is, uh, if anybody out there has experienced this, I would love for you to message in and, you know, give your two cents in this. This is my experience. I've got some extensive experience, but I'm sure there's some folks out there that have dealt with this as well. And, you know, not knowing, like now that I know when it happens, it's still kind of, you know, gets your attention and is scary. But if you were not expecting it and you'd never driven a vehicle that had done that, it like it is one of the craziest unnatural feelings that I've ever noticed in a car. It's just absurd. And like I said, the GoPro videos that they've got out there will strap it like, you know, looking at the suspension from the front end. It is insane to see how violent that uh, shaking and the whole suspension system does to watch it, and it comes on in a hurry. So there's really not a lot of warning. Um, if you hit a bump at speed, uh, there's there's specific ones that I noticed on my last F-250 that if I hit that bump right there at this speed, it would go into a death wobble. And then typically it was on the interstate. There's a bridge down in Arkansas that it would do it every time at 70, 75 miles an hour. And I'd have to pull over off to the shoulder with the truck violently shaking, the steering wheel going to town, and try not to get into an accident. Um, I did fix it very quick after the first time that it happened. But um, every time, if I hit that bridge at speed, it would go into a violent death wall. Wow, I'm watching a video from a 2018 Ford yeah. F-350. This guy, he looks like he is probably in Colorado. Uh-huh. He's on the side of a mountain, and his like truck is violently mm-hmm. shaking, and he's like going downhill. It's insane. That is so scary. Yeah. It wow, is I can't believe I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's anybody out there. This is a wonderful question, by the way. Who's driving these? So, the the probably the number one um, offender of this is any of your Super Duty Fords, definitely um, your Dodges, but your Jeeps as well. Like the straight axle Jeeps will do it. So be mindful out there, and then give Sarah and I some feedback. You know, we want to hear what's going on. We are down at the bottom of the hour. We are going to step into a break. We're going to pick it up on the other side. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. I love the questions, by the way, so thank you all for sending them in. And, of course, Miss Sarah is always very good steward of getting that to us. Um, whatever you guys want to talk about, if I've got some experience on it, I'll weigh in with what I've got. And if I don't, I'll flat tell you, hey, I don't know anything about that, but I'll let you know. So we got, uh, looks like a recall, and you had said something about a layoff automotive-related, which I think I've heard a little bit about the layoff, but what do you got over there? Yes. Okay, so I'll start with the recall. So Jeep is issuing a recall and stop sale order on 63,000 hybrid Wrangler SUVs for power loss. So Jeep is recalling 62,909, to be exact. Wow. Plug-in hybrid Wrangler 4XE models due to a software issue that could cause a power failure. 
Dealers have also been ordered to stop selling the affected vehicles until the issue has been resolved. Every truck built between September 2nd of 2020 and August 17th, 2022, has the faulty software, which may cause the engine to completely shut down due to a condition caused by diagnostic reactions to faults caused by loss of communication. Two accidents and one injury have been linked to the issue, and 196 warranty claims have been filed so far. So, yeah. That is what is going on with Jeep. So I am not a anti-electric vehicle. I'm not an anti-hybrid vehicle. But I am going to a ton of training on it right now. Mm -hmm. As a company, we're going to keep training on it, so we're ready. And in my experience, if you buy one of these vehicles, you had better be ready and willing to be a, I don't want to say a crash test dummy, but, you know, you're there. You're testing their product with your essentially livelihood or life in this instance, um, as well as your pocketbook. So you're funding their research and development, which I'm not a fan of. So at some point, I will probably pick up at least a hybrid or an EV for my personal fleet, um, but not right now. I'm going to wait. I want them to refine the technology better. And my humble recommendation to everybody out there is to do the same. So for whatever that's worth, just be careful. It's cool to be on the the cutting edge and have the brand new such and such, but uh, you had better be willing to participate in the the process of owning that vehicle. Yeah, sometimes it's good to just kind of set back and see Mm -hmm. what happens and then purchase if it's something you're interested in. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what do you got on the old layoff run over there? That's sad being it's Christmas season. I know. Well, good old Stellantis. I feel like we've talked about them Mm -hmm. quite a bit here lately. But automaker Stellantis is indefinitely closing an assembly plant in Illinois Mm. in February and laying off hundreds of workers in large part Due to the high cost of making electric yep. vehicles. Have you heard this? So it's been out there. Even some of the, you know, manufacturers that make, you know, internal combustion engines and whatnot, they're laying off a lot of people because it's just, you you and I were talking about the inflation on the break that everything's costing a oh, boo-hoo yeah. bucks. Mm-hmm. So Stellantis, I unfortunately you could kind of see the writing on the wall as well as these other manufacturers, they're closing or halting uh, production because a, they can't get good parts and B everything that they can get is just buku buku dollars. So, you know, right now it's really tough to be in manufacturing and that's a big problem. Yeah. And as Stellantis noted in their statement that they have been, Affected by factors including COVID, the global microchip shortage, and the increasing costs related to the electrification of the automotive market, which they said was the most impactful. Mm -hmm. The automaker said that a number of actions had been taken to stabilize production and improve efficiency at its North American facilities to preserve affordability and customer satisfaction in terms of quality. However, while considering other avenues to optimize operations, Stellantis said the decision has been made to idle the Belvedere plant starting on February 28th of 2023. Mm. Uh, Now there is about 1,300 workers that will be affected by this. Goodness. You know, it's a crazy, crazy time that we live in. I think everybody's aware of that. But um, the ability to 
uh, and I hate to always bring this back to prepping, but the ability to have some depth and some solutions outside of the box is really, really important. So, you know, I hate it. Those folks are getting laid off, but the vehicles that you all own out there right now, the better you can protect them, the better off we're all going to be. You guys essentially as the owners out there, um, as a company, we are constantly looking for new vendors that have good, good standards, good quality control. And then even some of the, for years, you know, when I was a younger technician, we would rebuild or, you know, fix broken parts. And the last 10 years, it has been very easy and more cost effective just to buy replacement parts. But we're going back to the point where we are fixing and repairing things that we used to discard and, you know, just get a new one. And it was a better fix. Now, because of the world and what's going on, we're having to adapt and move and make sure that, hey, you know, sometimes it's better to work with what you've got and fix and repair it because there is no other option. So uh, not only do we do this as a company in our professional lives, but I encourage you all to do that in your per- personal lives as well. So the old adage that, you know, one is none, two is one, and three is where you want to be. So when I'm doing stuff personally, if it's a consumable that I know, um, whether it's fluids or filters or different things, I encourage you, if you can get some extra and you can afford it, it's probably not ever going to be cheaper than it is right now. Uh, as well as the availability, if it's able to be obtained and I know I'm going to use it, I'm going to keep a little backstock, which gives me a little bit of cushion. Um, kind of a, an instance this weekend, I bought this old broken skid steer. Can you believe that I would buy something old and broken? Doesn't sound like you. I know. I can't <laughs> help it. Uh, so we got it going. We got it rehabbed. Um, but I needed some filters for it and they weren't available like normal. Mm. So when I did end up locating them, I got an extra one just to kind of hold on. And I've got, you know, an additional one, you know, put back. It's not something I go through very often. I'm not a construction worker, so uh, not something I'm going to be working real hard, but it saves my back and, you know, makes what I am doing around the homestead, um, you know, a little bit easier, a little bit quicker. And I want to have that peace of mind that going forward, I can keep that piece of equipment running. And that's really what I look at our vehicle situation um, in general, they're pieces of equipment and you had better take good care of them. Otherwise they're going to leave you stuck at the most inopportune time. And that's never fun for nobody. That's absolutely true. You know, Ryan and I, we went through kind of about where Ryan had to get some, I would say moderate repairs done on his vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then of course I decided that I was going to go hunting early. <laughs> yeah. And so we were both out of a vehicle for a while. And thankfully, we have uh, a fleet of vehicles here at the station that yeah. I can borrow. And thankfully, our family members have other vehicles mm-hmm. that they just simply have to have yeah. in situations like that. So we were okay. But we're really thinking of that mindset of that threes mm-hmm. where you want to be. So yeah. we have an extra vehicle and, you know, it's something that maybe we can just drive around on the mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, so we're not wasting our money on our regular driving vehicles. Yeah. It it really, you know, especially as our family gets bigger and, and we get older and I see this with a lot of folks coming in and out of the shop. If that vehicle's been paid off, even if it's older, it's a little, you know, eh, it's kind of beat up, it's a little crusty, whatever. Um, if you can keep it going for a reasonable amount of money, as well as if it is between 96 and I'm going to say 2012, 
those vehicles were so good vehicles. I mean, they were just tough. Um, I strongly recommend not just putting them out to pasture or taking them to the crusher. If you can at all keep an extra vehicle kicking around that doesn't have a payment, the the property taxes are low, keeping it you know insured is very cheap typically, um, man, it, it has made a huge difference. So for us, for instance, um, our oldest one of our oldest girls, her car needs some work, right? Well, she's as busy as anybody I've ever met. I mean, she's very active in school. She's a senior this year. And so it's hard for me to, like, take her vehicle because she's got things to do, right? Um, so we, uh, you know, this this next week, we'll send her with a, a, one of our backup vehicles, and I'll be able to basically sideline or take hers out of service, do the work that I need to to make sure she's still got a good, dependable vehicle. Um, and that has been a game changer for us. It, it really is. And I know there's a lot of you out there as well. Sometimes it is in your best interest to keep that vehicle running versus selling it on Facebook or whatever it is or letting it go. So we need to step into a break. We're going to be right back after this. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back, Sarah and Dustin. A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, it is the season of wintry weather. Mm I I do like snow. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, Is it safe to say with the... Uh, I guess reaction every time I talk about snow, that you're not a snow fan. No, I hate Why it. Why not? I just, I hate it. I hate it. I hate winter. Bah humbug. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I like snow whenever I don't have to yeah. drive in it. I'm like, oh, that's really pretty. You know, it's Saturday or mm-hmm. something. And I'm like home yep. for like the rest of the weekend. <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is beautiful. But whenever it's like Monday at 4 a.m. Yeah. and it's blizzarding and I have to leave. No. So you want it to snow like Christmas Eve mm-hmm. and have a pretty Christmas where you're home, got, you know, the house is warm, got plenty of good vittles in the in the house to eat. And then by uh, Christmas day night, you want it to be yeah. sunny and 65. Get out of here. You're done with it. Yep. Adios. So safe to say you don't enjoy driving in the snow. Is that no, what I, is that too much to me. read into your your yeah, comment? Yeah, it just scares me. What if I told you I love to drive in of the snow? Of course you do. <laughs> you don't ever have any fun where you're like safely out there. Now, uh, what's the disclaimer? Kids don't do don't try this at home. You don't ever have any fun where you know you like like doing the drifting. Yeah, and the donuts and you when know. I was like a teenager, yeah, like I would have friends that would go and do it, but. Now I'm just like, I guess I'm an old lady now. Like, no, I don't like having that adrenaline thinking, well, this is what I think. So whenever I'm in a car that's drifting, uh-huh. I'm thinking to myself, how much did you pay for this car? Oh, what if you okay. hit something? Yeah, clearly I'm not thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> so normally I'm thinking that this is fun. Woo! You know, it's kind of one of those deals. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I... Still do, not like I, I, I used to, but I used to drive around and help pull people out um, just as like something to do. Of course, I 
lived and went to school in Marionville, so there's not a whole lot of things to do in Marionville. So when it snowed, I always had a, a pretty good-sized four-wheel drive, and I would go pull people out, and, and I will stop and help from time to time now. Typically, I'm, I'm, I have things I have to be and go and do, and we have some amazing tow truck operators around the Springfield metro area, so very thankful for all of them. But uh, snow, I assume we will see. Um, we went almost five years without snow. And if anybody kind of knows or pays attention to the weather events, I would love to know your take on it. I always look at the Farmer's Almanac, the persimmons. We did the persimmon stuff. Uh, definitely kind of looked like a spoon to me. I think you were in yeah. agreement there. Yeah. No, uh, I'm looking at the 10-day forecast right now, and I'm not seeing any snow. No, no snow. I did see some 20s, so it is going to be cooling off. Yes. But mainly... Now is the time to get ready for that. So what would I do normally? Well, uh, tires is always a good thing. Checking the air pressure. I know I preach about that a lot, but it really does make a difference. If you are in a slick situation or you get in a stuck situation, if you have some mechanical ability, typically I will let some air out of the tires to make them more pliable and to contour to the snow or the ice better. So that's kind of a trick or a hack, if you will. My off-road folks that do a lot of sand or off-roading, typically you air down the tires. Now this is the caveat. When you get to good dry pavement or you get back out on the highway, you have to air the tires back up or you will ruin the tires. But Mm -hmm. if you're in a spot, that's at least something to do. Um, The other thing is tires are continuously going up in price. So whether you buy them from us or you get them from whoever, if you need tires, um, I don't think we've seen the pain of the shortages and the cost that goes along with them, as well as if you have a weird size tire, like you've got custom wheels or something, and you're ordering a non-OE, which is an original equipment tire, definitely want to do that. And as the temperatures fluctuate, you really need to continue to adjust your tire pressure accordingly. So for every 10 degrees, it's roughly 4 PSI. So if we check it, say, you know, and it's 50 degrees and then it goes down to 20, you are going to be underinflated, as well as when it goes back up to 60, 70, 80, you're probably going to be overinflated. So be mindful of that. Uh, windshield wipers is something that I go through a lot this time of year. I use them uh, as the windshield has got debris on it and it's really hard. You really shouldn't do that. You should scrape it. You should warm up the vehicle. Um, definitely want to be a good steward of that, but I want good, clear windows, as well as making sure that your strength of your washer fluid is in good shape as well, and the heater functions. We are seeing quite a bit of heater complaints. We always see an influx on cooling system performance right now, whether it's the thermostat's not operating as the temperature drops, the cooling system is low, and you're you're not getting heat. Your first indication typically that you are low on antifreeze is when you turn the heater on and you don't get any heat because as the system goes low, most of the time the heater core is one of the higher points in the system and it will allow an air pocket to develop in there before the engine runs out of coolant. There is a narrow window there, so don't push your luck. Um, but you need to be checking your vehicle. It's 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 fairly mild right now, I guess is my point. So do it now before it's, you know, single digits and you're trying to figure out why you don't have any heat. So 
while it's still, you know, we're we're mid to late December, getting pretty close. The year has flown by, as, as it always does. Um, you need to make sure, while it's mild out, it's probably going to be, you know, 40s and 50s for a little while, still in the day. If you have multiple vehicles or one primary vehicle, I would recommend whether you do it or you have a trusted person that does it. I don't mind if you call the shops and just say, hey, I want a little checkup. But we're going to make sure all the fluids are in good shape. We're going to make sure the strength of the antifreeze is where it should be. And hopefully the acidity level is uh, adequate. I want to see if there's debris in there as well. Because I would much rather be dealing with it when it's 30, 40, 50, 60 degrees out there than when it's towed in. It's a block of solid ice because we've got snow or crappy weather at that point in time. And now we're trying to figure out what's going on and then do some repairs. As well as if you've ever worked on anything, when it's extremely cold outside, there will be collateral damage because of everything being so fragile. So if you go to take a trim panel off or a hose or whatever, you know, when it's 40, 50, 60, 70 degrees outside, everything's pretty, you know, it works well. It it comes apart most of the time. It goes back together. But when we get a cold, cold snap and you start to make some repairs or even do some checks on things, the plastic does not cooperate well. It is not happy. So as you go to disturb it, you are going to create yourself more work. Um, that's just kind of a word to the wise. So while it's decent out there, take a moment, give a little time. Hopefully, if you got some young folks, young folks in the house, make them a part of it. Uh, the Sarah, I know we got a little bit of time. I don't know that I want to open a. a a big Pandora's box here, but we were having a discussion over the weekend that, you know, the, the common sense part of things or people knowing, you know, some of the stuff that I kind of take for granted because of the way I grew up and, and, you know, got exposed to a tremendous amount of information just because, you know, we couldn't just call somebody and have them come in and do stuff. We had to fix it most of the time ourselves. Share that information. You know, we've got four older kids in in the household. And, you know, that's a big focus of mine as a parent that, hey, you need to know how to cut wood. You need to know how to split wood. You need to know how to do some basic mechanical repairs. And I'm not just talking about cars. You know, when I'm doing plumbing projects or, you know, doing electrical stuff, there is a time and a place to call an expert. But there's also some exposure that is my job as a parent to show these kids some of this stuff. And I encourage you to do that because I'm seeing that really go by the wayside with some of these younger generations. And I don't want to be the old guy that's just like, oh, you know, the our generation was the greatest generation and the, the young whippersnappers from this point on, they don't know nothing. Well, if they don't know nothing, how about we take some responsibility and have some say in what it is they know? Don't allow TikTok and Facebook and all that to be the only source of information and exposure that these kids get. You know, even if they're whiny and they don't want to come out and help me sack wood and whatnot, that's fine. You're still doing it anyway because you need that experience. Life experience is worth a tremendous amount. I just don't want to be able to come here on the radio and say, yep, I saw on TikTok this blah, blah, blah. 
Well, no, no. I did all this stuff that I talk about that we've done here. You know, the the questions of the F-250 and 350 and, and the death wobble, I've experienced that hundreds of times. It's not just off TikTok or YouTube that I'm speaking from experience on. It makes a difference. It's real. Not only have I seen it, but I've experienced it. So when you bring that stuff up, it's not scary. It's not like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Oh, my. No, I know exactly what's going on and how serious it is. And we need to do a better job passing that on to the next generation. So, Miss Sarah, did I soapbox everybody enough today, you think? You didn't, but we're officially at a show, believe oh it or my. not. I know. Well, if you are out there in Radio Land, you have questions or comments, you can shoot them in on our text line, 417-447-5743, or you can reach out to us on our social media at 1041KSGF. Dustin, have a good rest of your yes. weekend. You be safe. Bye.